into the Word this morning. Amen. Let's start out, open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to read in the passages where we're going to be beginning this morning, verses 1 through 9. So if you've got your Bibles, follow along with me. And this is, uh, this is the time right after Moses goes on to be with the Lord. He goes up on Mount Sinai as Israel is finishing up their 40 years in the desert and the wilderness. And they're getting ready to head on into the promised land. And Moses is sort of passing the baton to Joshua. And Joshua is getting ready to kind of take the reins and lead the nation of Israel into the promised land and do battle and conquer their enemies. So this is a, obviously a time of transition. So it's the end of one thing and the beginning of another all at the same time. Many of us can relate to those types of seasons in our lives, right, where one thing is maybe coming to an end and a new thing is starting to begin. There's a excitement and kind of a letting go all at the same time. And that's what's happening right now for Joshua in particular and certainly for the people of Israel. And so we read in verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I've said to Moses." For the, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for this people. You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know about you, but I could read those nine verses, and I could start just about any day of my life and get moving and feel refreshed and invigorated, right? This is the charge that God is giving to Joshua here as he's about ready to begin one of the most significant missions, probably the most significant assignment in Joshua's life. Let us pray before we get into this today. Father, I ask you right now in Jesus' name, God, anoint me to preach your word. Give me your words, God, to speak that it may encourage hearts, that it may edify, that it may build up the body of Christ. I ask you now, come in power, in clarity, and just make your your plans and your ways known to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let me ask you this. How many people have ever been 
kind of driving along, trying to find a place. You got directions. You've never maybe been there before. You're heading along. You're driving. You're kind of taking the turns left, right, wherever you think you got to go, only to eventually run into a, a, a sign that says road closed or dead end, right? And, and you stop, and it looks like now you can go no further. How many people have ever been there before? Some of the wives kind of hitting their husbands saying, you've been there plenty of times. Make sure you raise your hand, right? So we understand that that happens. Now, what pretty much the automatic common thing that, that we think when we run into a road closed, dead end sign is we think, uh-oh, I've taken a what? Wrong turn. I've got to turn back and I've got to go a different way. I've got to find a new route. Somewhere along the line, I've got lost. This is no longer the way that I'm supposed to go. Even though at one point, I thought this was the way that I was supposed to go, right? That's pretty much the common thing we see. But let me ask you this. What if the road sign was wrong? What if the sign was wrong and the road wasn't really closed? You guys ever see those movies where it's like the scary guy comes out and he flips the sign around, you know, and they come, oh, the road's closed, we've got to go this way, and then it was really the other way, and there's like a bridge out or something like that. What if the road wasn't really closed? See, a lot of times I think in life it works like this. We're, we're moving along the way God leads us, the way we know we're supposed to go. We hear from God clearly. We receive a, a word from him and we move along. And then as we're heading down that path, eventually at some point out in a distance away from where we originally heard from God, we run into something that's kind of like a roadblock or a stop sign or something that looks like maybe it's going to keep us from being able to progress the rest of the way and then we feel like uh oh we must have heard wrong we must have misunderstood we somewhere along the line must have taken a wrong turn we begin to begin to question a lot of the things that we once heard that we were so certain about and why is that because it's not just right off the heels maybe of hearing it it's a little ways down the road and now all of a sudden we need to continue to keep ourselves reminded of the things we had just we had once heard instead of having just heard them so it's easier to say wait a minute maybe something happened because now the path isn't clear it's not wide open it's not easy to travel down now all of a sudden I see that there's this roadblock in front of me now I'm not suggesting to you that anytime we come to a place when we're walking along that God has given us a path down that we run into trouble we don't stop and examine things we have to do that right that's wisdom we have to ask God we have to make sure we get confirmation about things we have to make sure we're evaluating our path properly that Lord is leading our steps but what I am suggesting to you and I can vouch for this myself is that I think there's many times in our lives where we go along and we hear from God we really do and we're leading he's leading us in the right direction and we're moving along because things seem really clear, but then we get to a place where there's a difficult place to cross because guess what? The missions and assignments and the plans of God, they're going to be filled with adversity. They're going to be filled with difficult terrain. They're going to be filled with things that look like we can't necessarily cross over, but eventually we will and can. But when we get to those points, a lot of times some people just look at that and they think, oh, I messed up. I made a wrong turn or I need to go back. And then eventually it's like they spend a lot of their life, maybe most of their life, going to a certain point when all of a sudden the crossroad gets difficult and they 
they turn around and go back a different way. And instead of actually making progress down a definitive direction and a plan, they spend their life taking detours. Are you with me? They spend their life taking detours, regrouping, going backwards, and kind of recovering tracks and terrain that they've once covered or went down. And, and it's like they're sure and then they're questioning, and then they're sure and then they're questioning. Been there myself, and I can tell you, it's a difficult place to walk in because one minute you're sure, and then the next minute you're wondering, did I hear right, right? How many people can relate with that? And, and, and I don't think that's how God wants us to live. But here's the thing. God is giving us signs, and he's speaking to us, and he's leading us and giving us direction. And there's times when we're hearing that, but then there's times where we've got to walk it out. And walking it out requires us to remember what we heard and to hold true to his word of truth and then have faith as we move along. What if the road isn't out? Or what if it is and God wants to build a bridge? Use you to maybe build a bridge or something would happen and that's exactly the path that we're supposed to go down. And I think what we see here in Joshua, this story of, from Joshua chapter 1 up through chapter 6, where it's basically the calling out of the wilderness and into the promised land, which eventually leads to the battle at Jericho in chapter 6, where the walls fall, is we see a very similar pattern like this, where in the beginning that we just read in these verses, God is speaking an assignment, he's speaking a mission, he's giving purpose, and he's giving, giving direction to Joshua, which I I hope that many of us have had something like that in our lives. You certainly will. If you walk with the Lord, he'll give you purpose. He'll give you direction to walk in. But as they're moving along, they run into points along the way where the path all of a sudden doesn't seem so easy to continue down. To keep moving along is going to require them to dig in and be sure that they're still heading in the right direction and that their faith is strong. I mean, he says several things to Joshua here in these few verses we read that tell you exactly what he needs to be prepared for in chapters 2 through 6 as he goes down this journey that took however many days or weeks to move along, right? He says, first of all, have courage and strength every step of the way. So there's an indicator right there that as we walk down the path of God, it's not going to be something that's simple and easy, that we're going to actually have to have strength and courage and faith at different junctures and different passes along the way, more so than others, so that we can continue to move down that path that God is leading us, saying, have courage and have strength. He's saying, don't be don't be afraid or be discouraged. So clearly, if he's saying that, then along the path that God has for Joshua in Israel, no different than the path he has for you and I, the temptation to get discouraged and to be afraid of what's ahead is absolutely going to come to you and I. We need to be prepared for that. We need to be aware of that. But the key is, is when it happens... We need to recognize what's going on and not have fear or discouragement turn us around and head back the other way or be concerned so much about the unknown road ahead beyond that road closed sign or that block or that pass that seems to now be kind of 
coming against us that we don't continue to trek down it knowing that somehow God is with us, right? He says that. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you. Very important to keep that in mind because if we're traveling with God and we're moving down the path that he's leading us, we know he's always there with us. And he says in the same sentence, he says that no man shall be able to stand against you. And I love this because if I'm moving down a path that I know God has led me toward, and I'm sure as I can be that God is, is pushing us in this direction, he's, and we're moving forward to the things he has for us, that there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come against me. I can know that. But I can know more so that God is with me, that he is for me, and that he'll never leave me or forsake me. And whatever that thing is that comes against me cannot prevail, right? And so if we keep those things in mind, we'll, we'll, we'll be more courageous to walk down unknown, difficult past that may scare us in other instances, but because we know God is with us, there's no fear that we walk with. Are you with me so far? Now, here's the other thing. He says, don't turn to the left or to the right from these words that Moses has given you. Meditate on them day and night. And this is key because we might not understand all of the things that are happening along the way that are troubling, that are difficult, that challenge us, that we seem to think, man, if this is the way I was supposed to go, why... Why am I having to go through this? You know, why am I having to go through that? And most of the time, can I just tell you this? You won't be able to figure that out in the moments. In the seasons and in the times that it's happening, you, you, God can give you understanding on those things, and sometimes he does. But many times, you just can't figure it all out. Maybe, and I think it's because we can't take it all in necessarily in the time that we're going through it. But the point is, is he's saying, meditate on my word day and night. And, and don't depart from it to the left or to the right. And if we'll stay holding on to the word of God and to our known truths that we have in the word, in the scriptures, as long as we'll stay clinging to that and move forward, then we're not going to, God's gonna, not going to allow us to take a wrong turn so far as to just go walking off of cliff and miss something that he had for us. For me, when I'm moving along and there's a lot of things I'm not sure why it's going on this or that, I know that I'm really just digging into the word of God, allowing his truths to just, I'm clinging to those things, knowing that I'm walking according to his ways. And if something needs to come to me to keep me from moving one way or another off course, then I can trust that God is going to speak and show me those things. But get this, if for some reason I turn to the left or turn to the right of that word, meaning I for, I'm willing to just kind of make uh, concessions and sort of like, well, well, you know, I mean, I don't know. I know God led me to start this business, but it looks like if I don't, if I'm not going to be dishonest here and, and, and lie a little bit and cheat a little bit, then this business is going to go under. I need to, I, I just, I need to make sure because I know God led me to do this business. I need to do what I got to do to keep this thing going. And that would be an example that I would give you. We could go through a lot of different ones, but we're you turn to the left or turn to the right of the word of God. We know that it's never right to be dishonest or to be untruthful, right? But if we try to kind of get off course a little bit because we're nervous about what's ahead and we try to take control or sort of put it in our own hands, then all of a sudden we can get ourselves in a place where now we really are moving off of the path that God is leading us down. He's saying meditate on it day and night. Look, 
as long as you keep the word, a steady flow in your life, praying, reading the word of God, and you've got God's spirit. He's just pouring his spirit into you on a regular basis. Can I just tell you, as long as that's happening, in my mind, I know I'm going to face difficult things, but I am not worried, afraid, or scared of anything that's up ahead. If the word of God is steady in my life, and I'm meditating on it, like he's saying, day and night, letting those truths actually spill out and show themselves in the things that are happening around me. So that's, that's chapter 1. Now in chapter 2, it's interesting, Joshua, he sends spies out to check out the land. And you probably know that story, right? He sends the two spies. They go into Jericho. They meet the harlot Rahab. She gives them refuge overnight. They scout out the land. So here's, here's the point I would say here. They're moving down this path, and, and they're running into this difficult situation where it's Jericho. There's these walls, all these things. They know God's called them out to go do it, but there's a lot of things that they're not quite sure how it's going to happen yet. So Joshua sends these spies out to go investigate the land, and what he's doing here is he's using wisdom, right? He's not just, okay, I know God's calling me out. We're going to go into this promised land. They're not just jumping up, grabbing everybody, and taking off and leaping out there. He's using some wisdom right now. And I can tell you this, that's kind of like my personality is when I hear, I'm kind of like get up and go. I just like take off and do it. And that sometimes gets me into trouble. Now my wife, on the other hand, she's a little bit more like let's just hold up. Let's just wait and see what happens. Let's check out the scene. We had a prophet uh, one time come to the church and he was speaking and he, he gave us a word. And he said, for you, he's talking to me, he said the light's always green. For her, it's always red. When you're together and you talk about it, it turns yellow and that's good. So I kind of see that as, you know, Joshua here, instead of just jumping up and grabbing everybody and so let's rush into the, let's rush into there and let's just go take everything over, he sends the spies out, they check out the land, so he's using wisdom, which we're called to do, but it's interesting because when we use wisdom this way and we're not hasty, there's a proverb that says don't lay hold of an inheritance hastily, let it be removed from you, right? So when he's moving along with wisdom, not only do they find out helpful, profitable, valuable information about the things they're trying to learn about, like what do the walls look like? How many soldiers do they have? What are the defenses behind their life? They figured all that stuff out, but guess what they also figured out? Things that they didn't necessarily expect to find because they used wisdom. They found out that all of the city was scared to death that they were coming and they were fearful and they knew that Israel was probably going to defeat them. That was not information that they knew ahead of time, but because Joshua used wisdom, sent the spies into the land, they figured out a lot of things that they needed to do a little recon on before they moved right in, but they also found out things that they didn't really look for up front, but that revealed themselves along the way because wisdom was employed. And so is the case for you and I. When we're wise about our decisions and we kind of hold, you know, we, we, we need to move forward, but at the same time we need to make sure that we've allowed wisdom and God's kind of releasing us and there's that peace there. When we do that, not only do we learn about the things that we're investigating and that we're seeking God for on the details, but he will show us many more things that we didn't specifically set out to find when we moved along that sometimes can be even more helpful and more valuable than the details we tried to figure out that we were looking for. Are you with me so far? Uh, <laughs> okay. So, 
chapter 3, they get to the River Jordan. The spies get back. They give the report. They get to the River Jordan. And now it's time to cross the river. And they've got tens of thousands of soldiers that need to move along. Now, it's not like it's just ordinary time at the Jordan River. The banks are actually overflowing right now because it's harvest time. So when you look at this, you think, man, this is... This is kind of like one of those impasses, those roadblocks, if you will, that we hit in our life where it's like we know we were headed down the wrong direction, but God, why is, why is there a river all of a sudden now? And it's higher than it ever is at any other point of the year. We know that we were supposed to get here, or wait a minute, did we? And I don't know, I mean, it doesn't, but maybe they were wondering that in their mind, like, okay, we're here now, but look at this river. What are we going to do? do we, you know, we don't have boats. We're, the river's as high as it's ever going to be. All of a sudden, there's kind of this impasse. They got where they're supposed to be. They're pretty sure on the other side is what God spoke to them. But here's this thing now that's in front of them that they've got to get across. That's not the mission in itself necessarily, but it's a place that they've arrived at that they find themselves at that somehow they need to be able to pass through if they're going to get to the fulfillment of the mission of the assignment of the thing that God is leading them to. And so here's what God says. This is fascinating. He says, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to have the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant, and I want you to have them step into the water with their feet and when the soles of their feet touch the water and they're in the Jordan, Then I am going to reveal myself as God. I'm going to part the water. I'm going to let the water downstream flow into the Dead Sea. And it'll be just stopped. And I'm going to hold back this wall of water so that all of you can pass. Now the reason I find this so fascinating is because clearly Israel remembers the Red Sea. Now many of them that are here right now... They weren't there whenever they parted, the, when God parted the Red Sea, but you can bet that they remembered the stories from their parents and the generation before them. God parted the Red Sea before they ever put a foot on dry land, and then they walked across. Now, this time, God's saying, put your feet in the water, get your feet a little bit wet with this impasse with this with this roadblock that you've arrived at kind of get yourself in there a little bit and once you've got wet with the thing that's when I'm going to start to do my work and I I have found more times in my life when I arrive at places where it's like okay God now what I mean we've got to this we got to this and and now now this you know I know we're supposed to go forward that most of the time I feel that God is calling me and leading me to take a step and get moving a little bit into the thing to sort of push myself out there. And once I'm committed to it, once I'm there, once I'm out there where now I'm really kind of out in this place of faith is when God starts to let the waters of the impasse recede. He starts to open up the path a little bit more clearly for me so that now I know how I need to move along. And that's exactly what happens. They step into the water. They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The water begins to stop, and now all of Israel is able to pass by behind them on dry land. And I love this because I feel like when they're walking through this thing, just like in the Red Sea, 
they had to have faith every step of the way. Because if the waters really were like the way the Bible describes it, it wasn't like a little stream at your ankles. I mean, as they're moving through the depths of this thing, it's probably a wall of water far higher than them, that if any minute and any second going through there, something happens and God stops, then those waters are going to crush them. So they have to have faith every step of the way going through the impasse. And you and I are going to arrive at things in our life when we're moving down the journeys of God that he has for us. We're going to hit these roadblocks that look like maybe that's not the way we're supposed to go. Maybe something happened that was wrong. But God has a miracle plan. God wants to show himself. He wants to recede the waters of whatever that impasse is that's threatening you down the direction God wants you to go in your life. And as you move through the depths of it and the most difficult parts of it, you're going to have to have faith every step of the way as you go through and know that God is fully in control and there is nothing of you that's holding those waters back. And it's a, it's a scary kind of place to be, but it's an awesome place to be because it's in those moments and in those times, in the depths of the Jordan River, when the water is parted in the impasses of our lives, that we know just how real and awesome and powerful God really is. Amen. Amen. All right. So they're moving through. He parts the water. And then they get to the other side. And then God gives this very interesting command. He says, I'm going to grab my water here. Speaking of water, (laughs) getting thirsty. So God gives this interesting command. He tells them to grab 12 stones. He tells them to grab 12 stones and to pile them up. As a memorial. So these guys, they grab these stones, but they're not just rocks, they're boulders. It says they had to put them up on their shoulder to carry them. Now, meanwhile, the priests are still holding the ark up. Anybody ever thought about that part of the story, right? The priests are still holding the ark up. If, I mean, honestly, if I was a priest, I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you, you guys are picking up stones right now? We're holding this thing up in the air in the middle of the Jordan while the, I mean, I believe in God, but I'm kind of ready to get out of this thing, you know. Can we move to the other side with you? No. He says, I want you to pick up 12 stones. I want you to go build a memorial. And meanwhile, the priests are still holding the Ark of the Covenant, and God's still holding the water back. And then he goes on to say, he says, the reason I want you to build the Ark or or build the, the memorial is because I want the children of Israel in the times to come to look at this memorial and remember and know that I am God and how I delivered you through this and how I brought you into the promised land. And I think that's unbelievable because what it tells me is this. When we're going through the seemingly impasses, the difficulties and the roadblocks in our life, and we're moving through them, that God has a plan for what's up ahead in our lives that far exceeds anything that we can possibly realize. See, the the priests that are holding the ark, if it were up to them, I bet you if you asked them, they would have rather been done with holding that thing and moved on quite a long time before they actually were released by God to do that. But they stayed. And it even says that they, didn't, they weren't allowed to come up from there until God was finished doing his work in entirety. So that means that while all this is happening, 
God had more things at work and more things going on and more plans in the happening around this little impasse issue, this roadblock issue that Israel was facing, than they could figure out themselves. And they probably never would have been able to figure this out. That's why God wouldn't give them necessarily all those details. To them, it was, here's a river, it's in the way, we're supposed to go over to the promised land and conquer those people and take that thing. They probably never thought that in doing this, God is going to set up a memorial, and in the years to come, our kids are going to see this. They're going to remember what we walked through. Their faith is going to be strengthened, and thousands for ages to come will know who God is because we took a little extra time to throw 12 boulders on the ground right here so that everybody that could see it from here on out could experience and remember what happened today. Wow! Could you think about that for a second and say what you're going through or what you've gone through or what you may go through as you're moving through that impasse, as you're moving through that difficult terrain, that there's so much more that God is doing, that his hand and his instrumental hand is at work about the business of creating the happenings of for years to come, that we can't even wrap our mind around it? I don't know about you, but it helps me to know when God hasn't really fully released me through a season or through a difficult situation, then I just, I just sort of resign myself to his sovereignty and his wisdom to know that, God, you've got something going on. I'm still coming through this thing and not yet out of this thing quite yet for a reason that you know that I may not, but I trust you and I believe you because you said you're always with me. You'll never forsake me. You told me not to be afraid or be discouraged, and you said to be strong and to have courage, and it's those things now that I'm going to draw from while I'm moving through some of the depths of this impasse in my life and know that you are God and you've got way more happening here than I can possibly understand. And then if that isn't enough, they get to the other side. God pulls them on up through and then he says, I need you to circumcise everybody. I need you to circumcise all of the sons of Israel because while they were going through the wilderness and the desert, all the sons that were born, they didn't take the time to do that. Now, I got to say, I mean, I'm like, you, you, you got to be kidding me. We just came through this river. The enemy's up there afraid. I mean, we've got them right where we want them. And now you want us to stop and make flint knives? I mean, I don't, has anybody made a flint knife before? I don't think they're just carrying flint knife making kits in their back pocket, right? So they pop, make flint knives, circumcise Israel. And then it says they had to wait for everybody to, to heal up from the injury. I don't ever want to know how that healing process goes. I mean, I'm glad that happened when I was not aware of what was happening, right? But they had to wait for all of them to heal up before the, it, it makes, it seems like it makes absolutely no sense. Why would they do that? But see, God had something more important happening. He said, listen, the covenant that I made with Abraham when you were going through the desert, you, you, you walked away from that. You turned away from that. You abandoned that covenant because of the ways you were in the wilderness. And now I'm going to reaffirm that covenant. I'm going to reaffirm. I'm going to cleanse you. And I'm going to make you right before me, before I take you into the things that I have for you, because you're going to get right with me first before you go do battle and I'm, and I'm with you out there. Right, so he, he, they, do the, they do the circumcision, they get right with the cup, they get healed up, they heal from their wounds, and now they're ready, and they head to Jericho. And then they get to Jericho, and he says, walk around the city six days and blow trumpets. Now, we know the end of the story, so this sounds great right now. 
But I can't even imagine what they were thinking when they got there. They're healed up. I mean, they are ready for battle. They know that they're scared to death on the other side of those walls. And God says, walk around the city for six days. You try doing something like for six, you know, hours. It's like, that's not, you're, you're ready to go do battle. And you're like, walk, it's like you, you lose your kind of energy, right? You're like, man, what's going on? They got to do this for six days and walk around and then they blow trumpets. But then on the seventh day, the miracle happens and God brings the walls down. And listen, there's going to be moments and times where God's leading us and moving us into things. And we just can't figure out the details of what's happening. But many times, God wants us to just be obedient, wants us to just walk according to his word and according to his leading, and not necessarily know and understand everything that's happening. And when the fulfillment of what he has planned comes to pass, he'll bring the walls down of the impasses in our lives so we can go in and take the city. Are you with me? God is very specific about wanting to show himself real to us, to build our faith, and to strengthen us every step of the way in what we're going through. And it's many times during the impasses and the roadblocks that we really have to dig in just to get out there and get our feet wet a little bit first, and then move into the thing and let God open the way up for us. And then we walk through that fire or that difficult thing by faith. We come out on the other side, and then God continues to ask us to be obedient until the time is fully ready for him to bring the walls down completely and for us to walk into the fulfillment of the plan or the mission or the assignment that he had planned for us. He called to Joshua to go in and take the land and there were a series of issues along the way that they continued to face. We call, I'm calling those roadblocks that we're going to face in our lives. God is maybe giving some of you a mission, an assignment. He's led you in a direction or a path and you're at an impasse or a roadblock right now and maybe you're going to hit a few more before you get to the place that he's really calling you to I know for us right now like you know we Katie and I we wanted to move over here to Waterloo and be a part of this community and we believe God was absolutely telling us to do that and so every step of the way I'm not going to bore you with all the details but it's like we've hit several things along the way and many of you can relate this is just my story you know but hit several things along the way where it forced us to be like oh my god gosh, wait a minute, you know, what's going on? This is kind of a roadblock. This is kind of an impasse. And it's in the time, I'm just telling you, whenever we finally decide to get our feet wet in the water, step out a little bit, get off of the dry, safe ground, and get out into the troubling waters a little bit, and trust and believe that we're heading in the right direction, but to know that God's going to have to part something for us to keep going the rest of the way, and then trust him by faith to eventually come to the other side of that thing, to be able to really fully declare how good and how great and how awesome he is but you know what I think I think God's more interested in all that other stuff that's happening along the way instead of putting us up in a house that's a nice place to live over here in Waterloo I mean the people we've met the things that we've had to talk about the way we've had to really dig in with our faith can I tell you eternally it means a lot more than having a place to live right and as you're going through those things that you're dealing with God is so attentive to the things that are happening in your inner man in the faith experience that you're 
walking through, that if he can strengthen you and he can build you up and edify you for the purposes that he has through those things, he is going to do that. And you may not understand all the details and the inner workings of that, but we are called to trust him, to believe that he is with us, to have courage and to have strength and to not be afraid and to not get discouraged. That stuff sounds great, but that's the stuff we have to pull from and call for upon in the times whenever it's the most difficult. How many people would agree with that? All right, let's stand to our feet.